The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love the the trees and the decorations and and I love the songs. We started this new series uh, last Sunday here at Coastal called uh, Carols. And uh, every Sunday during this series, we're going to be singing uh, a popular Christmas carol, Christmas hymn, Christmas song, and then we're going to use that song uh, to talk about Christmas and to prepare our hearts for Christmas. And uh, the song that we're using today is another one of my favorites. I know I said this last week, really, I just love Christmas music, uh, but this is definitely one of my favorites, uh, and that's Oh Holy Night. Man, Jesse just did a great job with that, really knocked that out of the park, and um, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really one of my favorite Christmas songs for a very uh, specific reason. Uh, some of you might not know this, but my wife Janet uh, was actually our worship leader here at Coastal for like the first, uh, goodness, like uh, 18 years of our church. And, um, but we would have a Christmas Eve candlelight service. And uh, pretty, you know, really from the very beginning of our church, and every single year for I don't know how many, maybe the whole thing, uh, my wife sang that song. She sang "Oh Holy Night" uh, at our annual Christmas Eve candlelight service. And for a lot of us, it almost, you know, just became, you know, a tradition. It didn't really feel like Christmas had started until she sang that song. And you know, she'd hit that, those high notes, and she has a, a soprano voice. And uh, she would tell you now that she has an old lady voice and can't sing anymore. But she's one of my favorite singers. I love to hear. Saying, and um, but it, w- it was a really a, a beautiful time, and um, we would also she would sing that song, and then typically we would all join in together and sing Silent Night. So it was really powerful, and we'd all kind of you know it would get really hush and 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 quiet and somber, and we would sing Silent Night. And of course, what would we do during Silent Night as we're singing that song? We would light the candles, right? You know, you got to light the candles and during the candlelight service. And so it was a very worshipful moment. Now, keep that picture in your mind for just a moment because typically that's how we picture, I, I think, the night of Jesus' birth. A very peaceful, quiet, somber, you know, very worshipful moment. However, I, I really believe the reality is Probably nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, think about it for a second. You've got a teenage girl who's pregnant by somebody who's not her fiancé nor her husband. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then while she's nine months pregnant, she travels, you know, 80 to 100 miles on the back of a donkey to Bethlehem. And then they get there to Bethlehem, and of course, you know, there's no place to stay. You know, there's no inn, there's no hotel, there's no friends for them to crash with. And so they go into what most scholars believe today was probably just a a rock outcropping, kind of a rock formation or a cave. And uh, it definitely wasn't like the really quaint, beautiful scene that you see on your mantle or uh, on people's lawns. you know, where it was this just nice and warm, stable, and everybody looks clean and friendly and happy and perfect. I mean, literally, they were giving birth to a, a baby in a cave with a bunch of farm animals. And so after, a, you know, a hundred-mile donkey ride and, you know, in a dirty cave, she's giving birth in probably the worst possible environment that you could ever imagine. I mean, it's not sterile. She's got no epidural ladies, you know. Um, I mean, it's chaos. 
And, and it probably didn't really feel like, you know, that holy night that we just got finished singing about. Now, in the song, O Holy Night, there is a line or a stanza that I really, I want us to focus on this morning. And uh, so here's my hope, that from now on, whenever we sing the song, that this particular part is going to jump out at you. And uh, I really hope today that it brings home a, a deeper meaning for you. Now, look at your notes. I've got the, the words written out to the song there. It's the third stanza, and uh, it says this, A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Now, uh, our staff, and particularly Ashley, she was assuming that I'd probably sing that this morning because I've been basically singing that every day this week in the office, all around, you know, just belting that out. Um, but I'm not, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving you uh, grace here, so uh, you won't have to endure that. But um, if there are two words in, in this song that, that really do accurately describe the world in which we live in today, I, th I think it's these two words right here, weary world. Would you agree with me today that people to, um, today are overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out? Absolutely. Uh, people today are struggling. They're struggling financially, relationally, physically, emotionally. And uh, that's why I think so many people today can relate to this little phrase right here in the song, a weary world. But what I love about this song is that it also says there's this thrill of hope. In other words, in, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of this dark and dreary world of this holy night, um, there's hope. There's a thrill of hope. And so I'm praying for you today. And I've been praying for you this week that if there is any weariness in your soul today, that you would experience a thrill of hope. That inside your weary world, you would find the faith to rejoice. Because even in the midst of the chaos of your dark night, there is a new and glorious morning that approaches. And so during today's message, I don't want you just to think about that holy night. I want you to think about the next morning, the next day, when the sun comes up and the Savior has been born. Again, that new and glorious morning. And how with that new day, everything is now different. Everything has been changed because of Jesus. Now to do that, I want to take you back a few centuries before the birth of Christ, back to the Old Testament, um, to about 586 B.C. and the book of Lamentations. You probably hadn't been to Lamentations in a while, but that's where we're going today. Uh, what happened in 586 B.C. is that Jerusalem has fallen to their enemies. And um, they've fallen to the Babylonians. The Israelites are devastated. They've been defeated. They've been taken as captives. They've been ripped away from their homes, from their homeland. They've been taken to a foreign land. Many of them have been slaughtered. Many of them have been killed. And it really is the darkest of nights, the darkest of times. And so the weeping prophet, as he is called, Jeremiah, he's lamenting, okay? Lamentations, he's lamenting, he's weeping, he's hurting. But in chapter 3, in the, mirror, in the middle of this weary world, in the middle of the darkest of nights, he shares this moment of hope. 
And I really believe that right now some of you in this room, some of you at home watching, you are in the middle of a very dark time. And you feel beaten down by this weary world. And so today I want to talk about the hope that Jesus brings. Even when it feels like your world is covered in darkness. And I want to share with you some steps that you can take even when things seem dark and hopeless so that you can experience that, that new day in Christ. That new and glorious morning. So if you're taking notes, I hope you are, write this down. Here's the first step. Remember God's faithful love. Remember God's faithful love. I love this. Lamentations 3, beginning in verse 20. Listen to this. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. So again, you know, this is reality. He's not, you know, uh, Jeremiah's not talking about just, you know, grin and bear it and, you know, forget that you're going through this. No, no, no. It's bad. I'll never forget it. He's had this tremendous loss. Again, Jerusalem is gone. His country is gone. Many of the people he loves have been taken captive. They've been killed. It is a very, very dark time. And again, maybe some of you are there right now. And then in verse 21, in the middle of this dark night, he says this, yet I still dare to what? To hope. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. And there's something that he remembers, that he focuses on, that gives him hope. Now what is it? What does he remember? Verse 22, listen to this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each what? Each morning. Now, I want you to underline the word there, remember. He says, when I remember this, this is so good. Jeremiah says, I remember something. I know it's there. And, you know, it's not been at the front of my mind recently, but, and, you know, and I haven't been thinking about it, but I'm going to draw it to the front of my mind now. I am consciously bringing it forward, and I am going to remember this. And so what does he remember? That gives him hope. He remembers that God loves him. And that God is still faithful. And that God will always be there, even in the darkness. And that God cares about him. In fact, underline that phrase there, his mercies begin afresh each morning. And that kind of echoes back to the song we sang, the the Christmas carol, O Holy Night, a new and glorious morn. You see, even when, even when you're stuck in the middle of the darkness of the night, in the weary world in which we live, you can still have hope because you know that that is not going to be the end, that a new and glorious morning is always coming. And that's the first step. For some of you who are here today, to remember that the faithful love of the Lord, His mercies never end. Sure, it seems dark right now, but that's just a trick. It's just a trap. You know, it, it, it really is something that Satan wants you to believe, that that weariness that you're experiencing, that it's never going to end, it's never going to quit. 
Listen, you can, you can push that aside because you know with God, and this is what Jeremiah is trying to focus on, you know that that darkness never lasts. It, it will not win. And with God, the morning will come. It will always come. And right now, some of you are in that dark night. Again, you're in that weary world. You've lost something, or you've lost someone that was important to you. And maybe right now you know what it feels like when your world is falling apart and you don't know what to do. And what I think Jeremiah is reminding us is that the very first thing you need to do is to stop and remember. I know God is there because I've seen it. You know, I've seen it in my own life. I've seen his faithfulness in the lives of other people. And so no matter how dark it is, you've got to remember that with Christ, man, there's always a new morning. I'm going to focus on this. Just like Jeremiah, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember this even when I'm grieving, even when I'm sad. You know, he's not telling you not to do that, but in the midst of it, Remember, I can have hope in the middle of this darkness because I know who God is and I remember what he has done and that gives me hope not to give up. Number two, I trust God to provide exactly what I need. I trust God to provide exactly what I need. Now, I didn't say exactly what I want because you and I both know that sometimes what we want and what we need are very different things. And so sometimes, even though it's not exactly what you want, you've got to trust that as you're going through that weary world, that dark night, that God's going to give you exactly what you need. He'll provide it. Look at verse 24, Lamentations 3. I say to myself, now, uh, hold, your, hold your finger there just for a second. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just need to preach to yourself. Sometimes you need to speak truth into your life. You need to speak the truth of God's word into your world. Sometimes you just need to look into the mirror and say, you need to repeat the things that you know that are true, even if you don't feel them in the moment. In fact, I kind of think that's what Isaiah, I mean, Jeremiah is saying here. I say to myself, you know, he's saying like, listen, I'm feeling really terrible right now. It's really, really dark, but I am looking myself in the mirror and I am telling myself this. And I'm saying sometimes you got to do that. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Underline those two words, my portion. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now what does that mean? What does it mean that God is my portion? Well, it's very likely, and a lot of scholars believe that uh, this refers back to the time uh, in the Old Testament when the Israelites were wandering around in the desert. And uh, every day, God would provide for them. He'd provide manna for them to eat. And God would give them just enough manna for that day, their portion. And if they ever tried to, you know, gather more than what they needed and to hoard it or to store it, um, it would rot. It would literally rot, rot away. And so they always had enough for that day, but no more. And God was trying to teach them that you got to trust me. You know, trust me for today. Rely on me day by day. 
you know, don't rely on anything else or anyone else, but rely on me. And so Jeremiah is saying here, I call this to mind. I speak this truth into my life. I say it out loud. God is my daily portion. God, you are exactly what I need today. And I think some of you need to hear that today. Some of you need to say that out loud to yourself. You've got to remind yourself of that. Now here's the good news. Man, here's the, the great news. God is not only here for you today. You ready for this? God is already in your tomorrow. You know, not only does God have what you need today, he is ready and faithful to provide what you are going to need tomorrow, no matter what tomorrow brings. Now let's get real practical. In other words, if your marriage is struggling today, he is here today and he will be there tomorrow for whatever your marriage needs. If you are weak, God is already in your tomorrow to give you the strength that you need. If you feel like you have lost your way, you ready for this? Not only is God here with you now, but he is in your tomorrow and he has a plan and a path for where you need to be. If you are down and depressed and just struggling, God is with you today, yes. But he is already in your tomorrow. He's the one who's going to lift your head because a new day with Jesus every day brings you exactly what you need. And what you need is God and his strength, his presence, his power, his plan, his goodness. Here's the third step to experience this new day of hope with Jesus. Depend on God for the hope to keep going. Depend on God for the hope to keep going. This is the, the thrill of hope that we sing about in O Holy Night. The thrill of hope in the midst of a, a weary world. The, the thrill of hope when all that we can see is darkness. It's that belief that there is a new morning coming in the midst of the chaos of the night. Verse 25, Lamentations chapter 3, it says this, The Lord is good to those whose what? Whose hope, whose hope is in Him. To those who search for Him. You know, many times at Christmas or Christmas Eve, I'll tell people, I'll ask people, hey, what will you find tomorrow at Christmas? What will you find? You know what the Bible says? You'll find whatever it is you're searching for. Because God says, you know, to, you know, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And he says it here, to those who search for him. You know, as human beings, we can live, you know, we're told that we can live close to 40 days without food. 40 days. We can survive about eight days without water. Uh, we can live close to about four minutes without oxygen. Anybody want to test that right now? Go ahead, let's get started. No? Um, but we've been told there's one thing we can't live without. And that's hope. You see, there's some of you here today, and the truth is you're not really living. You're just existing. Because in some way, at some time, you've given up hope. And somewhere along the way, something happened, and you lost your hope. And you're struggling. You're struggling to find something to put your hope in. And so often in our search, we put our hope in exactly the wrong things. You know, some people put their hope in their bank account and money, and then they discover that's a really 
risky thing to put their hope in. And some people put their hope in their job, their career, and then things go sideways and, and they find out that that's not the thing to put your hope in. You put your hope in another person and then something happens to that relationship. You see, anytime we put our hope in the wrong thing and in the wrong people, the wrong things, every single time we are going to end up hopeless and we become weary. But look at this verse, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Listen to this. But let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And I love, I love this picture here. He's basically saying, listen, grab a hold of hope. Hold on to the hope that you have in Jesus and don't let go. Now, the challenges, the real challenge is that we often do let go of the hope that we have in Jesus, and then we grab onto something else. We grab onto fear, or we grab onto anxiety, we grab onto worry, or we grab onto some other thing or some other person, and we hold on to this weary world, and then we go down with it. And we let go of God's truth and we hold on to the lies of the evil one. That this night that you're in the middle of, that it's going to last forever and that the morning is never going to come. But if you put your hope in Christ, if you could just hold on to Jesus through the weariness of this night, there's always a new morning. His, his mercies never end. His faithfulness never ends. The sun will come up. This, this night is not going to last forever. And I know that there's some of you here today who need to hear this because, again, you're going through the night right now. You're going through a hell right now. And you're in the middle of this weary world and you're believing some fear. You're believing some lie that Satan has told you that the night's never going to end. But listen, don't, don't give up. Don't lose hope. You know, hold on through the night because God always brings a new and glorious morning. So, if you're going to experience that, Remember that God's faithful. Remember his faithful love. Trust God. Trust that he is going to provide you exactly what you need. Depend on God for the hope to keep going. And then finally, wait on God for the help I'm seeking. Wait on God for the help that I'm seeking. Lamentations 3.26, it says this, so it's good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. You know, sometimes there's nothing you can do but wait. In fact, we talked about this at the end of our series in James, Losing My Religion, about waiting. And sometimes there's nothing you can do but wait. Wait for God. Wait for that new morning. And waiting is the hardest thing to do, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's the hardest thing. 
And really, that's what this verse is saying, I think. You know, here's Jeremiah, and he's going through, you know, this very dark night, this dark time, and he says, so, it's good to wait. And I don't think he's saying that, you know, it feels good because it doesn't. But what I think he's saying is that sometimes that's all you can do. You have to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. Now let me ask you this question. What kind of salvation do you need? Now, there are some of you here today and you need salvation for your soul. You need to say yes to Jesus. You need to be saved. You know, in most of the Christmas songs we sing, it talks about a Savior. A Savior has been born. You need to be forgiven. You, you need to be sure today, today, that when you leave here, you're going to spend eternity with God in heaven. Let me ask you, are you sure about that? Have you asked Christ to come into your life to forgive you of your sins? Have you admitted that you're a sinner in need of a Savior? Have you put your hope and trust in Christ and in Christ alone? Some of you, you're already a follower of Jesus. And you have a personal relationship with God. And, and what you need today, maybe, is not salvation for your soul, but you need salvation from a dark night. You need salvation from the weary world that's pulling you under. You need to be saved from a, a very difficult situation that you're going through today. You know, I'm always amazed at the difference that just one day with Jesus can make. Just one moment, one day with Jesus. In fact, I, I believe that I could not overstate this. One day, one moment with Jesus changes everything. No matter who you are, no matter how hard your heart maybe has become, one moment, one moment with Jesus changes everything. You know, in the New Testament, there was this guy uh, by the name of Lazarus. He was actually a friend of Jesus. And uh, Lazarus has died. In fact, the Bible says he's been dead and in the grave for four days. And if you have the King James Version of the Bible, it actually says, he stinketh. So uh, you know you're dead if, the, if you stinketh, okay? Um, so he's been dead for four days. And let me tell you something, they'd given up all hope. All hope. And then Jesus comes on the scene. They take him to the grave. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus rises from the dead. I bet if Lazarus could be here today, you know what he would say? He'd say, you know what? It's amazing what one day with Jesus can make. It's amazing what one moment with Christ makes. There was a woman in the, in the New Testament with severe bleeding problems for like over 12 years. And, and, you know, think about that. Can you imagine the humiliation, the pain, the segregation she experienced from other people, the struggle? And then one day, one day, she just touches the hem of Jesus' robe and then 
instantly 12 years of sickness and humiliation and struggle are gone. Like that. And I bet that if she could be here today, you know what she'd tell you? It's amazing what one moment with Jesus can make. Just the difference that one day with Jesus can make. There was this one man, and uh, for 38 years he was unable to walk. From the time he was born, he was 38 years old, he could not walk, and he laid every single day beside a pool just waiting for a miracle that never happened. You know, just hoping, you know, against all hope that, you know, again, in the wrong thing, that something would help him. And it never happens. And then one day, Jesus walks up. And he says, pick up your mat and follow me. And he walks for the first time. I bet if he could be here today, he'd say, you know what? It is amazing. What just one day with Jesus makes. Two things all those people had in common. They were each in the middle of the darkest of nights in a very weary world. But one moment with Jesus changed everything. There's someone here today who needs to hear that. You're in the middle of a weary world. You're in the darkness, no end, no help, the baby's coming, no epidural, but there's the thrill of hope, that there's going to be a new and glorious morning coming. And maybe you look at your marriage today and you say, you know what, this marriage is never going to be what it should be, but I'm here to tell you. It is amazing the difference that just one day with Jesus can really make. You look at your life, you look at your career, at your relationships, and you're not where you wanted to be in this life. You're not where you hoped you'd be. and You feel lost. You feel like a disappointment. You're discouraged. And I am telling you something today that I want you to hear loud and clear. It is amazing the difference that just one day with Jesus can make. Because Jesus was born, you and I can have hope even in the middle of the darkest of nights, in the weariest of worlds. There's one final verse that I want you to look at. It's there on your outline. It'll be on the screen. Romans 13, 11, and 12. Look what the Apostle Paul writes. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Now, Look at this last sentence. In fact, I want you to read it out loud with me, okay? Let's read this out loud together. Here we go. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. Let's read that again together. You can do better. Let's read it. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. For some of you, that's for the salvation of your soul. 
A Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. You know, a Savior wouldn't have to come to this world unless each and every one of us needed one, needed saving. And we do. And maybe you finally come to the place where you can humbly admit that. God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Not compared to my neighbor, not compared to my spouse, my family, my friends, my, my coworkers, but God, compared to you, I fall miserably short. And I've been trying to find hope and meaning and purpose in this world, this very dark and weary world, and so many other things, people, relationships, and I keep grabbing a hold, and I keep grabbing a hold, and it just keeps taking me down. Listen, the message of Christmas for you is this. There is the thrill of hope. A new and glorious morning is available, but it's available in Christ, in Jesus. And if you would just simply admit what you already know deep down in your heart, that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm telling you, it is amazing what just one moment, one real moment with Jesus can make in your life today. He changes everything. And I'm going to step you through a prayer in just a moment to do that. And maybe you're here today and you've already accepted Christ. You are a believer. But the world just seems like it's closing in and you've been grabbing a hold of the wrong thing. And right now, there's something going on in, in your life. There's just a darkness. There's, there's something that you're facing. And maybe you just needed to be reminded that Satan is a liar, and it's not always going to be this way. And if you will just continue to say to yourself, God is faithful, his mercies never end, and there is a new and glorious morning, that that morning will come. And maybe you need to be reminded of that today. To put your faith and your hope in Him. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I thank you for the song that we sang. But most importantly, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that in Christ, there is the thrill of hope. There is this new and glorious morning that is available to all of us in Him. And Father, I believe that there are people in this room, there are people here today watching online who are ready to come home. They have been living in this dark world and they have put their hope in the wrong thing. But today they're ready to put their hope in Christ. Listen, just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I want to come home. I want to step out of this darkness into your marvelous light. Father, today, I grab a hold of Christ.
I believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus really is the Savior of the world. And today I ask Him to be my Savior. I admit that I've blown it. I admit that I'm a sinner. Today I put all of my faith and my trust in Christ and in Him alone. And now, Father, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow Him, knowing that even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of this weary world, that there is always a morning in Christ. That I can remain hopeful in the midst of whatever I face. And sometimes, God, I just need to say that to myself, as Jeremiah once did. And Father, I just pray for, again, those here today, those watching, that we would all put our hope and our trust in Christ. That in the midst of the darkness, we know there is a new and glorious morning. We love you and we pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.